This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, Search for the Gods. Think of the mysteries, stories that won't go away, that refuse to die. They're found everywhere, in every ancient culture. Tales of gods that came to Earth from the sky and their machines of smoke and fire, then left promising to return. Could it be that this is a message they left behind? Or, or, or could it be, could it possibly be that they're keeping their promises and returning? You mean like UFOs? Perhaps UFOs. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast created by ancient aliens. I'm Luke, here with my co-host Jordan. What's real, Jordan? I re- I wish we were created by ancient aliens from about like what would you say, maybe five thousand years BC? Oh, earlier than that, my earlier? friend. Earlier, <laughs> they created this podcast and passed it on to our ancestors. And like, if you go into the past and you see, it's different generations, but they always look like you and I. Yeah, but just with different clothing. It's because uh, no human could create such a sophisticated podcast. It's <laughs> truly impossible. Only aliens could have done it. Uh, you know what? When you're right, you're right. Uh, well, if that has included you in that in the title at the beginning of this episode, we are watching the failed pilot TV movie Search for the Gods this week. Was it 1975? Yes, uh, broadcast April 9th, 1975 on ABC. What's this? It's like boop boop boop. What's that? Bon, bon, bon. I think that was NBC's. Oh, okay, I don't know. I didn't. I never had cable, Jordan. I don't know what any of these. Well, I, I wasn't. I wasn't alive when this came on. <laughs> I don't know what was happening in the 70s. Well, what did you know about Search for the Gods? Here's all I knew. Kurt Russell would be in it and he'd have great hair. I was, I honestly didn't even know Kurt Russell. So when, when it started and the titles came up and it said Kurt Russell and then Stephen McCaddy, I was just like, what is happening here? Who, why is this guy? I mean, not everybody knows Stephen McCaddy. He's like one of Canada's biggest actors. He's now an old man with a great craggly face. So he does a lot of great character work. He's in, um, Pontypool is probably the thing mm-hmm. I know him best from, but he, he's, he's been a working actor for a long time. And in this show, looks like a model, like a, a teen model. It's funny because I think I only know him as a middle-aged to older gentleman. So when you see him as young as you know we all do when we look younger, it's just such a baby face. And he looks like they've just ironed his craggly old face. Well, he's he looks like he's constantly making duck lips. Like his lips are constantly like... <laughs> he's, just, he's just a sexy, pouty guy. He is so sexy and pouty. And I only really know him from his later life when he is like a craggly character actor. So I was blown away watching him. I mean, obviously, a 24 year old Kurt Russell is quite young, but I'm used to seeing him as a young man. Kudos to the, the casting director. Yeah, good picks. Good yeah. picks all around. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I knew absolutely nothing about this. I mean, I guess what I did know a little bit was kind of like what. It, the the phenomenon it was based around like the chariot for the gods books what's his mm-hmm. name i wrote it down here uh, eric eric von daken mm-hmm. he uh some what i was occasionally referred to online as a con man <laughs> i only knew really vaguely about it i actually you probably know more than me i didn't realize that whole theory essentially came from him originally yeah he he really did seem i honestly didn't know that till i watched this too i looked into it and like 
he sort of wrote that first book and even like i think someone ended up ghostwriting it for him because the first he wasn't a writer so whatever public uh whatever publisher he submitted to was like uh, something's here but you didn't write it they actually they hired uh oh, i was digging through wikipedia the guy they hired to come on to like do the ghost ride ghost writing on was uh, a german fellow who's who's a real popular novelist for the nazis oh but i think his career really stalled out after that <laughs> but we didn't actually mention what his book was about it's it's basically the theory that ancient earth had been visited by aliens and had created or affected in some way a lot of these um a lot of things that we're used to of seeing. I'm assuming like the Sphinx and the pyramids. Yeah, they would have built the pyramids. They would have been built Stonehenge. They've been responsible for our technological evolution. It, you know, it's funny watching this and sort of looking into him, how much of his stuff still kind of reverberates into the shows we're watching like much later. Like Harsh Realm has a little, has elements of it, I think. Like eh, maybe less Harsh Realm, but some of these shows have these ideas of like uh, indigenous people having been touched by some space person right. that has advanced given them advanced knowledge or like they just have some knowledge of an ancient alien it seems to be this is definitely a trope that still very readily exists in science fiction today i guess space above beyond had a bit of it too that's right um it's really funny though because you read through it and i was reading some of it up on some more of it and talking to some people and it's it's interesting there's a big backlash against it too just because of it's sort of like this idea like what he's basically proposing is like a very like colonialist idea is just like oh uh those ancient people are those those people in egypt or those people over there there's no way they could have built that themselves like right it, right. it really i one historian i saw had there's like a i think a quote from him on uh, wikipedia was just like he he hates it so much because it's just like so insulting to humanity as a whole to be like this guy just is basically saying we're all so stupid anything we ever made we couldn't have possibly done right which it's but, terrible. <laughs> but uh, from what I've read, this really, this idea really took off in this oh, time period. So huge. I think he wrote the book, I think it was 68, 69. So by the time this came out, I mean, this might have been the end of the uh, ancient Egyptians were affected by aliens craze. But clearly it became part of the cultural zeitgeist enough that this is not the only uh, uh, property that was doing this sort of thing. And yeah, I think this is probably the beginning of when that was getting popular because... I mean, if you think back to the 80s with those, like, Time Life books with ancient aliens and stuff in there. But I mean, I do remember those. That's funny. Those are great commercials. Um, yeah. But in he himself, this uh, Von Daken guy, he wrote 21 books. The first one was in 69. He published one in 2018. Oh, really? So the majority of his books start coming out probably around the time this, this, this is premiering. So 69 is obviously when this first idea first appears, but he starts writing about it quite extensively for the next like 25 years. Longer than that, I guess now. Look at a picture of him here. He's, he's real red. Oh, that's a, that's a younger picture of him. <laughs> I think if you look at him now, he's like in his eighties, he's quite, quite old. Well, he was born in 35. So yeah, he's a little bit older. One thing I like though, he helped design an amusement park in Switzerland really? around his ideas. <laughs> So he knew how to monetize this idea. Yeah, he was he was he was here to make some money, and push some very important, very true things on, about our history. On us. Yeah, here's a little quote from: "Can all the related phenomena merely be dismissed as coincidence?" Yes. Yeah. Probably. Yes. 100%. Next. Next. <laughs> oh dear. Um, anyway, that's about sort of the backstory I think of this show. This is kind of what I a little bit I knew about this guy, and then I read a lot more after I watched the episode. Obviously, you did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of interesting that this is the seed for what this tv pitch was basically what this series pitch of search for the gods is also weird he never he didn't sue them right 
Uh, yeah, I didn't find that either, right? No, I didn't see anything about it. I'm like, I'm like, they're stealing your idea, sir. I think he probably was just fine that this was keeping the the, uh, the money idea alive. Running. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But here's the thing before, we'll get into the actual show momentarily. If you didn't know this back history, though, if you don't look into anything, do you think it's very explicit throughout? I mean, by the end of the movie, you know what this is about. But if you were just, let's say you just tuned in five minutes into this and watched this, do you know what they're trying to get across? No, I I don't. I think this is kind of a slow reveal of this show. Right. Probably, obviously, it was never picked up, but obvi- but I'm sure you saw online, there's still a few people who remember it fondly. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was a new, fresh idea when it came out. I think if the book came out in 69, probably not. Like It was. It definitely was a bestseller, but even as a bestseller, not everyone would have read it. And I think you know, probably some cool, fun ideas that people had never thought of before, sort of, because that's, I think they do tease it out a lot. And I think that's why. Well, that that was my point, because this is, let's say it's a slow burn, but this, we're going to get into it right now, but it's all set up. It's all just, we're going to get you there. We're going to get you there. Setting the tone, setting the tone, setting the tone, and a series. Yeah. Well, and I think that's when you look at newer shows. This is where the show would start with like, aliens came from the, in the past and they dropped this thing off here. Because we're all just so used to that idea. Whereas, yeah, I think you're right. I think this is like such a fresh idea at this point. People yeah. are like, the guy, the people working are just like, no one's going to believe what they're going to see coming here. So I think that's a good opening. Let's uh, let's get into it. All right. Here is the I'm to be summary for Search for the Gods. Two young people search for a valuable medallion, which they believe will prove that aliens from outer space visited Earth in prehistoric times. That was courtesy of FrankFob2 at Yahoo.com. I, I would disagree with Frank Fob on one major point. There's three people looking. There are three people looking. Um, I think if you break down that synopsis, it's not actually quite what's happening, but it gets the point across. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we start in the movie. Movie? Are we going to call this a pilot or a movie? What is we'll call this? It a movie. It's, a, it's both. Okay. It's both. Oh, great. So uh, yeah, we start in London. Rainy London. You know it's London because it's rainy and you get all the classic shots of London. Uh, and then we cut right to... Uh, like scary artifacts and like, oh, what is this? And you kind of get the idea really quickly. Oh, you're in a museum of sorts. Yeah, I suppose so. There's like a shadowy man sitting at a desk, mm-hmm. like completely shattered. We never see his face. And uh, I've got a weird thing. Do you know who he is? No. He's an actor named Albert Paulson, and he played General Yodel in Galactica 1980 for the first three episodes. Remember the general that was chasing them? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's the same guy. Anyways, that's just for people who want to watch Galactica 1980. But anyways. Good find. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. He's he's there with his right-hand person, uh, Raymond Stryker. Great name. Perfect name. Yeah. And I I like Stryker. He's cool. At one point in this, he just wears a trench coat and he has a walking cane. And it's just a walking cane because it's the 1970s. Well, yeah, I I like that cane too because he has a conversation with someone. He walks over with it. And when he walks away, he just throws it up in the air and grabs it. And just walk, he doesn't need it in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's just it's just an affectation. It, w- it was very good, but yes, they, they're they're looking at a sketch, a uh, Medicean sketch mm-hmm. from uh, ancient Damascus, which uh, depicts a medallion, and uh, they think the sketch arguably is dated back to five thousand BC, but it's not even an original. It's clearly a copy of a copy. So whatever they're looking for is much older than even five thousand BC. Yeah, it's real old, and. We get a quick peek of why they're so excited about it when uh, Shadowy Man takes a knife and stabs a wooden box with it. <laughs> it was the greatest way of opening a box I've ever seen. Yeah, just imagine shoving uh, a knife into the top of a box that has a hinge on it and then like tipping over the knife so the hinge opens. Yeah, he's just, 
I think he just, my theory is he spent a lot of money on a knife and he's trying to find a lot of uses for this knife so that he can justify the, the price he spent. My for wife it. bought me this really nice wa- knife for my birthday. I got to get a lot of use. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and inside here is is a small piece of the medallion in the sketch. Uh, he knows that there are nine pieces of the medallion scattered throughout the world, and uh, he's got to catch them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for modern times, he's got to catch them all. And so he thinks there's an uh, older native indigenous man in the United States who has a piece of it. Uh, yeah, has a piece of that medallion. So he basically is saying to Stryker, go get it, pay him whatever he wants, or... You know, or you know, kill what, him if you want. Whatever to. you need to do, but get me that medallion. Yeah, and we we cut to New Mexico where we uh, are introduced to our hero Willie Longfellow with a wonderful lingering crotch shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's. Uh, they don't through this whole thing. They don't ever really explain what he's doing or why he's doing. He he's, just has this sort of like just hitchhiking across America. Yeah, he just has this sense of malaise for some reason. And uh, but yes, you get this sense he's hitchhiking. But is there a purpose and why? It doesn't really matter. I mean, what we kind of find out over the course of the episode is he was like in Asia for a while and he's like searching for something that he doesn't even know if it exists. And like his his family's elites from Boston, like he's he's like the picture of privilege. Yeah. And now he's just wandering the world like some nomad trying to find maybe it is implied that maybe he already believes in this ancient alien thing, even though he's never encountered it before. Maybe. And he's also wearing a real nice turtleneck. It's true. Fair enough. The whole, the whole. Yeah. That's show. his look. Even when he falls in a river. Yeah, exactly. So. He oh, come, and I should say sorry. played by Stephen McCaddy. That's right. Yeah. And could not look smoother. But uh, so he's. You know what he looks like? He looks like when you CG an actor in 2019. <laughs> You're right. He does look like because at first I didn't even recognize him, and I saw him like he looks so odd, and it's just it's it's just odd to see someone who's aged so dramatically. Yeah, over it's time. like Al Pacino in a new uh, Scorsese right. movie. Or something. <laughs> right. So he comes across um, like a shack in the in the desert. Yeah. He's in New Mexico. He's wandering the highway, and there's a shack that he goes to check on, and it's got like a little coal pit inside of it. Yeah, and then the whole place lights on fire yeah and so it lights on fire was it supposed to be mystical or just an accident know. i think it was supposed to be that the guys he's going to come across right now is some like kind of st- street toughs i don't know what you call them but he basically turns around from the burning uh mm-hmm. burning what do you call it burning cabin and uh and he sees there's the older gentleman kind of getting harassed by these two young guys and he like kind of gets in a um, yeah. and, and, but I was going to say the old guys uh, fighting pretty oh, good. Those I was going to say they had this older guy. His name's Lucio. He's got a he's got the piece of this medallion, and these two toughs have basically cornered him. And I think what we're supposed to think is these are part of the, some of the people come for the medallion, so they're menacing him. But yeah, he's got a, he's got a cane, and he's actually kicking their ass. Yeah, like for an old man, he's doing pretty well. But how much did you like the way? that uh, old Willie Longfellow entered the fight. Yeah, he did it in now, which is my favorite 1970s way of attacking, which is the dropkick. Flying dropkick. Yeah. I, I had to rewind and watch it again because he's like, hey, that guy's being attacked. Cut. He's leaping through the air to kick a man. I'm just like, this is the go-to move in the 70s. I should have looked it up. I'm assuming it's the same uh, stunt person who uh, choreographed these fights as uh, Planet of the Apes. I, I would bet you there's like, probably in the 60s, there's like three guys who came up and then they trained everybody underneath them and they're like, Everybody just learns to do jump kicks. That's what people love. We'll, we'll cut around it. Well, don't worry about it. People love it. I haven't seen it. You think you have though? Once upon a, once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. A lot of jump kicks in that. Um, not that I can remember. Fucking inauthentic. Trans- yeah. No, inauthentic. Yeah. It's about a stuntman. <laughs> so the the cops arrive now after this fight. 
and they're where ba- did they come from they just came and the cops just, just pull up in the desert they're basically like who started the fire and and uh willie's like oh you know it was these guys and while they're questioning the one cop looks into a well mm-hmm. and like sort of pulls up the barrel and finds what i believe is it's peyote is that what that is correct yeah so they pull peyote and he's basically like looky what i found here slam they're both do you in think jail. that's a police plant <laughs> you think this was all like a scam well i tell you they just seem to show up and know exactly where the drugs were they showed up out of nowhere for no reason no one called them there's yeah. no cell phones they yeah. find peyote um peyote yeah. peyote peyote yeah immediately and then they're like all right you two let's go to jail yeah. so willie and lucius are tossed in a cell and locked up which is where willie meets shan mullins yeah i've never heard the name shan before i think it's shannon I think it's short for Shannon. Oh. That was my guess. I, I kept expecting them to say Shannon, but Shan Mullen, of course, played by the 24-year-old Kurt Russell. Yeah, just all hair. All, all hair. Um, Shan's there because he, he's getting cost, tossed in this slammer all the time because he uh, he says he's uh, speeding so much, they keep locking him up. Yeah. But I, I have a feeling, because as we'll watch the rest of this episode, if there's a moment to breathe, Shan is saying, oh, let's have a beer. <laughs> I think it's a lot of DUIs, <laughs> right? Yeah, you basically yeah, he's he's a bit of a bad boy. Of this, clearly going to be a team up. He's going to be the bad boy. Of he, the he's two. the bad boy. I will say though, and it comes up throughout the episode, so I'm not going to get to it every time. When they first meet here, it's romantic. You think so? They have a chemistry and a connection, and it'll keep coming up throughout the like when they're together. There's a lot of camaraderie, but it's it's romantic. It's, I, it's funny you said that now that you remember. I do have a note later on. This is not spoiling anything, but Willie and Shan are going to get into a bit of a fight later. And my note was, guys, just kiss already. I mean, there, there's this part here. There's a part where they kind of go their separate ways for a moment. And like Shan doesn't want to go. Like, I honestly was just like, obviously, that's not the intent. That's not the thing. But these actors had great chemistry. And I was just like. You know, it wasn't going to happen at the time. But I'm like, the action adventure of these two guys falling in love because they have so much chemistry. Like, they're it, making eyes at each other. They clearly like each other. I don't know. It's funny. You could actually write an essay on that. And again, I don't think it's what's intended, but I think you have a point in that there's actually a bit of an issue on trying to keep Kurt Russell's character in this show. Mm-hmm. And as we'll see as we go along, he kind of just keeps coming off the plot, but they have to keep finding reasons, tenuous or not, to keep bringing him back. But because of that, you can make the argument the reason he keeps coming back is for Willie. I mean, I honestly, obviously, it's not the intention and it's not what's going to happen in this time period. But I'm like, this would have been the show to make. Because yeah. there is a romantic interest in the show that we'll get to later. But she's not. She's fine as, as a character. She's actually not too bad. But neither of the actors have much chemistry with her or seem all that interested in her in, yeah. in, the, in the way that they seem very interested in hanging out with each other. Yeah, they want to get in a dune buggy and drive off into the sunset. I mean... Who doesn't with Kurt Russell and uh, smooth face David Bad? <laughs> so they're in jail. Willie wakes up to the old guy. He's, I, I believe, he's praying over a candle. Yeah, he's and I don't know how we got all these candles and well, stuff. Well, when they're when they're locking him up, oh, the, that's right. the police are like, "We're gonna have to take away all your stuff," and he's like, uh, "Don't." And they're like, "All right, keep your stuff." He gives Willie the medallion. So Willie kind of wakes up and goes to the older guy. Watches and, him pray. Yeah, he gives him the, uh, Willie the medallion and basically says, bring this to my granddaughter. Gennaro, or what's her name? Gennaro Wantez. And then he talks a lot about death and that he's seen his death and Willie's there and it kind of goes on. All men must die. Yeah, and this is the first of, there's a lot of like speeches where people kind of go on about stuff. And and I'll, I'll say this because I'm going to criticize it a little bit, but I think, how do I say this? There was great care taken to the Native American mythology and this this idea of uh, 
no, no. Here's the thing. Now, the very tenuous way of interweaving. It's not this as insulting as it could be. Yes. <laughs> now, I say great care as seen through 1975. Yeah, yeah. I, as seen through a screenwriter from LA. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there's obviously there's problems. You can go. We could spend a podcast just talking about the problems. But I do think the intent was to be respectful and to try to create an an or now. There's some Absolutely. real primitivism. There's some real like like mysticism it, problems. Uh, to but, your point, it's not a Western from that period of time. Yes, they're not scalping everyone. Yes, yes, and and it's it's done in the best intentions at the time. Is yeah. what I think. Yeah, it's definitely like someone being damned by their best intentions. Yes, yes. So basically, old guy's out of this now. Do you like how he dies? He dies when the candle dies. Yeah, I was like, he's like, all oh, men must die, and then the candle burns out, and he just flops over. <laughs> that's how you're you're gonna go. Right? That's how I'm gonna go. I've got a candle at home; it's burning right now. <laughs> so it, I'm not gonna die when it burns out, though. I'm gonna die when it lights my bed on fire. <laughs> <laughs> so so Willie gets out of jail. They let him out. Well, it's very funny because basically this old man has died in a prison cell with him that night, and you cut to the next morning. No one's mentioned the dead man who's in the prison cell with him. And they're just like, why didn't you tell us who your dad was? A fancy federal judge. <laughs> yeah, like oh yeah. By the way, that guy's dead over there. Um, but I guess the idea is he's just like, hey, can you tell me uh, where that guy's granddaughter lives? And some guy at the police station is like, uh, I think I know, and gives him an address. And we, we see some sketchy janitor like run out a door and like whisper in a car. And I'm like, what, what was that about? Yeah. So, well, what we cut to is Willie is, I think, hitchhiked now to find the granddaughter, Gennaro. Gennaro? Gennaro. Gennaro. And he comes to this sort of a house in maybe not the greatest neighborhood. And she's a little bit cagey. She sort of comes to the door and he's trying to speak to her and she's clearly not that into it. And he's just basically trying to say, your grandfather's died. I have this thing I'm trying to give you. And what happens? Well, he, uh, he's a little suspicious. So he hands her not the medallion, but just like, I don't even know what, like a piece of wood. Yeah. I thought it was the medallion he gave her, but you're right. It was something else. Some other piece of junk. And then like, she's just like, Hey, this isn't it. And then those thugs from the beginning jump out and start like beating on Willie. And let me make one note. One of the guys they've cast, Yes. They, they they want to play him as an indigenous person, but what he is is just a white guy with the worst wig. Well, it is funny. Like, there's one guy who is clearly indigenous, yeah. and then there's his guy who's with him. They're trying to avoid shooting, but they've just put him in a wig. And it's I noticed that too. I'm just like I'm like, you couldn't find a second person. Yeah, they're like, no, no, sorry, we we got the old guy, we got this guy, that's it. So, anyways, you just ignore that. But the two of them basically uh, start beating up on Willie. A little tussle. They're clearly winning, and then out of the blue, a jeep. A jeep just bursts through the fence, and I think it hits the guys, or at least knocks them out of the I, way. They, they, they dive out of the way. And uh, and who is it but old Shan saving the day? Shan's in there. He's got that shearling jacket on. Yeah. And so Willie jumps on, and... Uh, uh, do you like how he jumps in the thing, and when he backs up, he just backs up through a different part of the fence? He's <laughs> just like trash in that fence. But what, what uh, we get then is, in my opinion, one of the least captivating car chases I've ever seen. It's just, it's so poorly edited and not exciting. And I know what they're doing. It's just that, like, we need a chase scene now. But it's just, it's not I, very good. I, I at least like they ended in a game of chicken where a car flips. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, the end. The end so but you're right. It went on for a while before it got anywhere. Yeah. And so at the very end, they basically do chicken. Shan wins. Those guys flip over. And uh, basically, you got your two leads. Now they're a team. They're a team. Basically, Shannon heard the cop give him directions in the jail cell. And he actually knows Janera and knows that she moved so that he wasn't there. So he went out there to go help out uh, Willie because they had a connection in prison. So he's like, oh, I'll go help this guy out. And when he gets there, happens to save, yeah. save him from these goons. And Willie kind of, they're driving. They're trying to figure out what to do next. And Willie kind of asked Shan, hey, you know, these people want this medallion. Do you know someone in Tahoe? I can drop in on and um, maybe they can tell me what this is, like what this is worth. And he's like, yeah, I, I might know a guy. So let's go there. 
Uh, but I just want to do a quick side note before we get there because they stop at a gas station mm-hmm. and it starts a scene. And this is just because it's probably before my time. But did you notice he's buying a pop and it's in this cooler that he's putting a coin into and he like opens the lid and pulls a pop out. And then uh, Shan's like, can I, can I you buy one of those too? And I'm like, it's not a pop machine like we expect today where you put a coin in, you push a button and think so. It's just like a cooler that you open the lid, but there's a coin slot on it. Is this just an honor system? Because you just put a 25 cents in and just open and take as much pop as you want I out? I don't know. I'm My guess would be it's similar to um, like a, a newspaper box. Right. That's what I thought it was like. I, I mean, I've seen these. Who, who, who can we call? Who's a little bit older than us we can call? Kevin. <laughs> Quickly, let's call Kevin. Uh, I don't know. It was just, I've never, I've seen them in movies, like in the background. I've just never seen one in use. And I was just, I couldn't stop watching it because I was trying to figure out, I'm like, I'm like, so you put a coin in and then you open the lid. What's to stop you from taking more? Nothing, apparently. Honor. Honor. Well, 1975 uh, was full of honor. But they do go, after this, they go to the pawn shop. Glenn's trading house. But uh, Shan's like, let's go in. And, and Willie's basically like, no, this is not a team. We're not buddies. Like, I appreciate you hitting those guys <laughs> with the car. But, like, we're not friends. And and to your point, which is there's this weird uh, romantic interest happening. Shan's like, come on. Like, I thought we were going to be together. Out. Like, let's we can't out. hang out. And he's like, no. So they separate. <laughs> it is great because he's just like, well, goodbye forever. Like, he basically <laughs> says, like, we will never see each other now. And then so Willie goes to uh, the pawn shop. The guy could not look like more like a creep, right? It is funny. The 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 guy, Glenn, who's appraising the medallion i really enjoyed this too and i and see if you caught all this in the dialogue but like he's a he's appraising and he's just like yeah. yeah you know i get a lot of stuff through here people find stuff in the desert and bring it in sometimes it's worth a lot of money sometimes it's not worth a lot it's always hard to say with artifacts yeah. which all seemed very reasonable he's like and he's like you know what uh we'll give you 200 bucks for it and willie's like ah no that's okay i'm gonna hang on and he's like all right what about ten hundred thousand yeah <laughs> and I, was, I sat there i'm like did he mean ten hundred dollars and then realize that doesn't make sense instead of thousand <laughs> yeah my my assumption was it was just supposed to be that the guy is nervous and is kind of overplaying his hand real quick but it, it was done in a very odd way it was very it made me laugh and then i think his final bid is like five thousand dollars but, yeah. but, but willie's not interested i think he was just curious as to like why people are after it. like is it worth something and he discovers it is worth something yeah well ten hundred thousand <laughs> Well, we find out, yeah, that the, the pawn dealer is working for the guys in London. He calls them and he basically is like, you know, you find hey, out. Hey, Shadow oh, Man. Yeah, hey, Shadow Man. And they're, and, you know, they're like, no, we need it. So Shadow Man sends Stryker. He's like, Stryker, you're heading to New Mexico. Yeah, Go get me that medallion piece. Bring that walking cane with you. So uh, Willie then goes to the real Gennaro's apartment. Which I guess maybe Shan told him. I, was, I wasn't fully yeah, sure. There's, there's a scene missing. There. But I do like that she's not home. He kind of seems to break in. Because, like, she's not home when he gets yeah. to the apartment. Well, he basically, he goes, she's not there, but he opens the door and just goes in. Goes in. Willie's waiting inside. <laughs> yeah. And so Willie's already there. And, and then he, they're like, he's like, what are you doing here? And, like, what are you doing here? And what we find is Shan, apparently, they've implied that, I think it's that they used to date. Shan they, and Shan They Shan say they, were, they were friends, but I think the implication is yeah. they used to date. I do like that Shan's there. He's making peanut butter jelly sandwiches. He's drinking a beer already. He's really made himself yeah. at home. And I, I was really obsessing over the fact these people are in our, in our house. In fact, she'll come home in a few minutes and be like, who are you? But I saw her door when she walks in. There's no lock on her door. Yeah, <laughs> so anyone I, can I, walk in. Everything's on the honor system, Luke. Everything. Pops. Doors. Doors. <laughs> yeah. So your, your apartment. So the two guys are in her apartment. She comes in and is basically like, She's a lot calmer than you should be, but she walks in a bit Very like, unconcerned. Like, like, oh, why are Who? you guys here? She's actually more irritated that Shan's there. It's true. Well, she didn't even see Shan at first. She sees a stranger sitting on her couch. She's like, who Who are you? She's, But she's like, yeah. oh, thanks for dropping by, though. But yeah, Willie gives her the medallion. 
Yeah. So, you know, she knows her grandfather passed away and, and, you know, and to her credit here, she's just like, all right, um, can the two of you please get out of my apartment? Now? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, she, uh, she decides to, um, take this medallion over to the, uh, ta- uh I want to say Taos, but it's, uh, how do you say that city's name now? I forget. Oh, Taos? Ta- Taos? Ta- 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 oh, this is bad. I said it earlier, but now yeah. it's gone again. Taos? Taos. Taos? No. Taos? It's oh this is this is painful for someone listening right it's now. It's really bad. I'm sorry, everyone. Anyway, they go to the museum. It's Dr. Henderson. <laughs> they go to the museum and, and she's walking around getting spooked by all the spooky masks in the mm-hmm. museum um, before she finds Dr. Henderson and uh, she's trying to find out what is up with this medallion piece. Keep in mind they have no idea it's a medallion. We're just yeah. gonna keep calling it a medallion. Yeah, piece. they just know it's a weird um it just looks like a piece of metal with some markings on it and it's in a regular shape. Yes. Uh, the markings Doc Henderson says are similar to Sumerian, but of no known language. And the piece looks like it's made out of gold, but it's not gold at all. Yeah. He basically is like, I don't know what this is, but don't worry. I'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just like, she kind of, he kind of tells her, she's like, Hey, leave it with me. I'm going to go to the university. I'll look into it. You go to work at the children's center. When you get back, I'll have answers for you. She goes to work. Stryker drops by. It's like, Hey, sell me that sweet medallion you got. And, uh, what, but what I like though is, so she's telling them, the class and she's telling the thing about a deep dark cave and my note was that's going to come into play later um then striker comes in but he literally just she's in a park talking to kids like they're all on like a bench and she's telling the story and striker just walks in and was like i'm not interrupting am i and she's like nope she turns around and they just have a conversation i was like you were just in the middle of like 30 class. children yeah and she she didn't say like excuse me children or like go play while we do this she just turns around and has this conversation this very like ominous conversation where he like very well and he's got a goon with him too. yeah <laughs> like he's got a goon with him so uh so he's he's wearing his trench coat and walking cane they basically are like trying to be nice but there's clearly this veiled threat behind everything of don't be sentimentally attached to yeah anything. don't don't be attached and like you can make money and and she's like well i'll think about it and he's like all right i'll call you later then tonight i think he's like he's like yeah take all the time you want i'll call you tonight <laughs> all the time you need yeah uh, yeah Essentially, there's a little interlude. So uh, I guess Doc Henderson has enough time to go to the university because we hop back to the museum. And uh, it's very funny. Willie's visiting the museum just for fun. Like he's literally being a tourist. He just dropped by the museum to look at the uh, the exhibit. Do you assume he just does that in every city he hitchhikes to because he doesn't know what he's doing? He's just looking for inspiration. There's some implication that he's like reads a lot of archaeology texts or something along the way. Like, he seems to be very cultured. I mean, he's one of these Boston elites who hears so much about <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but she bumps into Janera there, and they like they have a little conversation. She's happy to see him because she, he found... Stri- she's like, oh, I met the striker guy. I'm a, little, I'm a little unnerved by him. I'm glad you're still around. They talk about how she, her and Shan used to be friends, which is great because they're talking on the foot of the library or the library, the museum, and Shan like pulls up in his Jeep, and he's like, hey, Shan's here now. And he's like, oh, I called him. It's just fine. Don't worry about it. It's one of those weird things. They just have to keep getting him into it. That's true. And then the three of them go to see Doc Henderson to find out what's up with this uh, medallion piece. And uh, it's made of no known alloy and is unbreakable. Mm-hmm. But and how he, did they cut it? Yeah, he's he assumes it's 50 to 55,000 years old. Yeah, that's what the minimum, minimum yeah. age it could be. And it has a uh, trident drawn on it. It's next to the Sumerian writing or the near Sumerian writing. And... Uh, it resembles to Dr. Henderson uh, an ancient uh, geoglyph in Peru. I'm sure you've probably seen images of it. I think it's probably in, I think it's an Indiana Jones movie, the one where they find it, where they yeah. fight the aliens. Yeah, the good one. Yeah, the good one, the best one. Um, and it's like a big. I'm sure you've seen it. It, it is, looks like it's, I think it's the Candelabra of Peru or something. I think is the name of it. But it's just like a big mound of dirt next to the ocean. I think, and it's like a huge carving in the dirt that looks like a big trident, basically. And uh, they're looking at it and they're like. That looks strange. It looks like 
some sort of landing pad for ancient astronauts. Yeah, and it was one of those things where I thought, like, that's not what it looks like at all. I actually think Shan proposes that idea, which is like the least likely character to do and, that. And that really is the first reference to that's what this is in this show, that this is aliens. But it's done in such a weird way that, again, they stay away from mentioning it so much in this show. This is the most explicit they get. They're like, there could be aliens. Anyway. Let's moving on. Yeah. So after they sort of wrap up here, they, they head to uh, Genera's hometown for uh, her grandfather Lucia's funeral. And it's this sort of like small uh, adobe building town kind of in the desert. And she's going to talk with the town elders about the medallion and what's going on. And um, the guys kind of wait for her to go talk to them because, you know, it's private. Mm-hmm. They're sort of waiting in the car. My favorite part is like because there's this like cut here where they're like have to have time pass. And uh, Willie's like, I'm going to have a look around. Do you want to come, Shannon? He's like, no. Nah. I'm going to have a nap. And he like lays down his chair and yeah. has a sleep. I'm like, oh, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Didn't put any sunscreen on though. He's going to burn. What I like though is this is an odd movie in that almost everything happens in real time. And every, like they don't start at the end of scenes ever in this. Like if there's something happening, they're going to do the whole scene. If someone's singing a song, you're seeing the whole song. If someone's taking a walk, you're seeing the whole walk. So I was kind of, it was funny in this scene where they're just like, I'll take a nap. I assumed we would just watch him take that nap because that's what this movie is like. It's all from Shan's perspective. So he lost consciousness immediately yeah, and he woke yeah. up. Oh. But what is uh, what do the will- elders say is that they can't make the decision. They have to have a ceremony and ask a spirit. And correct me if I'm wrong. The spirit that they have to ask is named Willow Lane. That's what I kept hearing too. But I'm like, there's no way that's right. Okay. That's what I wrote down, but that's what I heard. And so, but, but it's something that sounds like Willow Lane. Yeah. It Basically they say Taos. it's like a... Taos, there, there we go. Um, it basically, yeah, they're like, after the funeral, we'll do the ceremony, which will uh, summon the night spirit and, and the power of smoke, and it'll be a very dangerous trial that could kill you. But if you go through that, you know, we can help divulge some of the mysteries to you since you're outside of our, our people. Yeah, they're basically like, look, it could kill you, but it's totally worth it. It's, it's going to be sweet. It's yeah. going to be pretty sweet. Uh, not for Shan, though. He nopes out of there real fast. Jen yeah. is not interested. Yeah. <laughs> but what we get here is... Oh, when I had timed it. You see a walk because there's the funeral. It's, and then, it's almost 15 minutes. Oh, it's a long time because the funeral happens and they walk away and Shan has to wait for them. And then they come back and they invite him into kind of one of the houses and they light a fire where the ceremony is going to take. And I guess they give him peyote, I assume. Or, or some, some sort of hallucinogenic drug anyways. And then we get just like, yeah, 15 minutes of tripping balls. And it's, it's not the... Uh, how, how would you describe it? It's there's they, they, they do like a wavy effect on some of the images. So it's just like, oh, his vision is wavy. And there's like a, a tarantula that's a hallucination that crawls it's just, on it's him. It's just not the most inspired hallucination of all time. It's sort of like, hey, how do we do it? Make things wavy. Done. But the problem is it goes on. It goes on. on. I mean, that's on it. and on. Each of these little pieces get a thing. Like there's like masks appear. There's these shadow birds that fly over and caught him. But in a nutshell, I think this is the kind of almost pedantic very conscious pacing that this movie wants it wants to have this feeling of these ceremonies also and that's all great and again that's what i kind of think i was implying that there's this desire to be very respectful but it also just drags things to a to an almost yeah i mean i don't know if this is even all that like i I think this is a bit silly more than anything it's like what someone's vision who's never done this thinks might be correct i did like though at some point uh, willie attempts to hug the fire yeah, he does. Yeah, that's he like right. puts both arms around it like he's going to give it a big hug. I'm like, oh, don't do that. But yeah, it goes on and on for a while. When uh, he, I guess he finally passes the trial because at some point one of the elders says, all right, look over here. And he, he draws a trident in the dirt. 
and puts an X over one of the kind of the spears on the mm-hmm. trident and really gives no further explanation. So they have to uh, jump back to Dr. Henderson. But but you basically get the implication that they know a- X marks the something. spot. Yeah, like X marks the spot, whatever that spot might be. Yeah. Um, and Dr. Henderson, he's... Um, He's, he's well even gone. He's looked into it. He found out there was another piece of the medallion found 80 years ago in China. Yeah. The British Museum acquired it, but it went missing on its way back to London, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what we're supposed to assume the shadowy man has is, yeah. is this Chinese piece exactly. of the puzzle. And he also has dug up a um, reconnaissance photos of New Mexico from World War II. And in it, it's tough to see in the photo. Like, I didn't find a great photo to sell the audience on it. But the idea being like, this seems to be a gorge that looks a bit like a trident. Right. Maybe the X on the gorge they drew is related to this gorge here. And uh, maybe we should go check it out. And um, of course, Shan's not interested because uh, as we'll come to find out, Shan's, uh, or I guess we have found out technically now, Shan's now working for Stryker. Well, yeah, we get, you get sort of hints about it. I don't know if it's right here, but you do find out, if not here, very soon that they have also reached out to Shan. Somehow they know he's connected. I don't know how. They, they... I guess they like he, they know he used to date Janera. Yeah. So, so they basically, they are have been hitting him up to see if he can get the medallion so they can pay him. And he's hanging around because he's looking to get a payday. Yeah, he's. they were like, you get her to sell, you'll get a finder's fee. And so when they're like, we're going to go out to this gorge and look in this at this trident in the gorge, he's just like, hey, how about we sell it? Why, don't, why are we going to do that? And they're like, Shan, no one knows the gorge better than you. You're a gorge expert. You yeah. love gorges. You're always yeah. in a gorge. Yeah, well, they said he's the only one who's been up, up and down every canyon. Who else has been? Yeah. Um, and she basically says, if we don't find anything down there, I'll sell. So it kind of that's how she talks well, him into yeah, it. Yeah, she she guarantees. She's she's like, okay, I know you're you're hesitant about it. We'll go down. They've offered me twenty thousand dollars. I'll split it evenly three ways, which I thought, by the way, was crazy. Why would Shan get anything? He hasn't done anything. Oh, Willie, what's, what's he Willie, done? they've done nothing to earn this. I'm like, she's being super generous. And he's all like, I guess that works. It's like, you haven't done anything. <laughs> Anyways, but that convinces him that whatever 20,000 breaks down three ways, yeah. uh, they're going to go down, drive to the valley, take a look. Yeah, they drive out to this gorge, kind of think the Grand Canyon kind of thing, like it's deserty yeah. kind of. And new- almost as long as the hallucination scene, we get to see them spelunking down a mountain for like, I don't know, 30 minutes. Well, it's great. They pull up to the gorge and they're like, all right, I have to get down. The only way down is to repel. So they tie a rope to the Jeep and then like repel off the side. But Willie's just like, Janera, you're a woman. Get on my back. You, there's no way you can hold on to a rope and climb down a gorge. So what they have her do is grip her two hands around his neck, which is far less safe. And she dangles off of his yeah. body as he repels down, which is a hilarious dummy. Like, that's yeah. such a funny dummy. But it was, like, the most insane, like, the treatment of the idea of women in this movie is ridiculous. She should be a much more prominent character, but she's treated as a secondary character, even when she's the main person in the scene. She's, she's the person who has the most connection to the action. Yeah. <laughs> At any rate, they've all rep- they all repel down. They they raft the river. They they climb the sides of the river, and we had crazy camera angles of them mm-hmm. like climbing climbing sides of the gorge. Yeah, they thought it was a real money shot. They spent a lot of time doing this, and finally, it all seems hopeless. Janera's given up hope they're ever going to find anything. Shan is like losing his mind; he doesn't want to be down there anymore. And uh, Old Will is just like, "We just got to keep looking." At which point, they finally have their fist fight. Yeah, into the I love it. They start punching each other and immediately fall into the river and keep punching each other in the river. And and spoiler, it's the first of two fights that go end up in the river. I think they were just like, you know, it's great if two people fight in a river. If you're gonna have a river, yeah, you gotta fall in the river. Yeah, um, but yeah, they 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 have this brief fight and as they climb out of the river, they they spot a boulder with a trident carved into the side mm-hmm. of it and they're like, we found it. 
And it's, it's, I guess they are like, they look at them like, it seems to be blocking some sort of cave. We're going to need some dynamite to get in there. Well, when I like those are like, we'll never move that. And Chan's like, we need dynamite. Whoever wrote the movie, there's no reason they couldn't have just had dynamite with them. And Chan's like, I'll go travel. It'll take me about two days. You guys just, I don't know, chill here. And I know the reason for it is to try to show this romantic connection between Willie and uh, Janera. And and you do see that blah blah blah. You get to see them in a yeah. They do they, a whole like kiss get and then, to know each other and then kiss. they're for and they do the skinny dip in a little pool. Yeah, and they have this, but there's no reason for any of it. But I I love that it's just time wasting because he could have just had dynamite. But it's just so you can build this relationship that's not important. I at mean, all. why wouldn't he have dynamite? He's literally been carrying a rifle the entire time for no reason. Yeah, right. So, anyways, he leaves. Willie and Janera kind of have a relationship of some sort. Um, Cut to next morning. Well, cut to the next morning. They're in the, the hot tub. But what we do see is that Shan is still trying to sell sell the medallion. Right, right. He's and he's basically like... talking to Stryker. He's basically like, Stryker, not only... I don't have the medallion, but I'll sell you a map. He's like, it's almost as good. They've offered... They up it now. They go, if you give me the medallion, 30000 So he's like, okay, if I take it, I'll go back and I'll get the medallion and I get 30000 So he goes back to old uh, Willing Janera, who's like naked in a sauna. Um, and she's been telling the story about the beginning of time that takes all of time. But... They have the dynamite and they get to blow up the little uh, the little rock. Yeah, they, they get into the cave and it is it is sort of um, a carved out sort of sarcophagus room. There's uh, hieroglyphics on the yeah. walls and pots and stuff. And the sarcophagus in the middle of the room has the alien gold topping on top of it. Yeah, I thought it looked pretty good. Oh, it looked great. They uh, they they slide the sarcophagus lid off and there's a skeleton inside and it's funny the, the camera pushes in on the hands and I was I thought maybe I was supposed to see that the hands were alien but it's what it, he's holding a piece of the medallion. It's so funny. I thought the exact same thing. I was sure it was going to be that it was an alien skeleton, but it's just the angle you're at. You're like, there's something in his hands. Like, oh, it's, oh, it's a medallion, but you can't see it all. You can't. I, I thought it was like I thought his fingers yeah. were extra long or something. Yeah, but it's not. It's just. But yeah, he. So they they've now found a second piece of the medallion, and of course Shan takes his rifle and he holds them at gunpoint. He's like, sorry, guys, like, you're going to give money. me $30,000. You wouldn't believe the speeding tickets I have. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take both of them. And while he's holding them at gunpoint, uh, apparently Stryker and his goon followed him down there because they walk in and the goon shoots shoots old Shan. Yeah. Shan falls down, but he also gets a shot off and kills the goon, who, yeah. by the way, that poor guy doesn't get one line in this entire show. Yeah, he's no, he's a, he's a glorified extra. Yeah. So he gets shot. Stryker runs away. Stryker's got both medallion, piece of the medallion. He runs out of the cave. Yeah. Willie Willie's him. after him. Fist fight back into the river. You got to get yeah. in that river for that fight. Yeah, and it's and it looks like um, uh, Stryker's really got the upper hand, but then Willie does this like while he's on his back, he flips him over and uh, flips a Stryker over. He goes down and like hits his head on a rock. And yeah, then, he smashes and then, his face on a rock. And, and then he just sort of floats face down on the river. Face. And what I like is it's very easy for at least the first minute or two for Willie to go grab him. But he's just like, well... There he goes. Well, he just it. like goes down the room. I'm like you can grab him. You still grab him now. Well, he's just like as far as Willie knows, he has medallions on. He's yeah. like, well, there goes everything I worked for, slowly floating yeah. away. So he goes back to the goes back to the cave, and Shan's uh, not. She's just hurt. He's not yeah. dead. Yeah, he's he's had like I don't know. He's hit him in the winged. shoulder. Or he something. got winged by the bull. He, Willie's like, I'm gonna go back and grab a doctor so we can help Shan out. All's forgiven, Shan. I totally understand. Money's a great motivator. Yeah. yeah. And as he comes out to get in the boat to like go back to the doctor, he he looks in the in on the shore, and right on the shore is the two pieces of medallion. So the the day is saved basically. The bad guys are defeated. They've got the medallion back, and we we cut back to old Doctor Henderson. What I like the most is they cut back to him, and it's like a bit of exposition. They're like, "Well, pretty crazy how that cave totally oh, collapsed right. the moment right. you walked out of it, eh?" 
Very weird. Yeah, so so no one can check on what you saw. No one can find all that alien metal you left down there. I was like, if there was that much alien metal, any amount of money was worth digging that hole out, yeah. no matter how collapsed it was. Yeah. But essentially, Dr. Henderson lays out basically the part of this that is a pilot to a TV series. He's like, you've got two pieces. That means there are seven more to find. They could be anywhere in this world. You should go search for it. You know, a series of episodes over many seasons. But what I like is they're like, yeah, that sounds good. They leave and correct me if I'm wrong, but the first thing he does is he goes out, Willie goes to Genera and is basically like, this is great. Let's go on these adventures. She's like, nah, I think I'm just going to stay home. And they're, and she's like, but you take the medallion and uh, you guys go on an adventure. And, and you're like, what? Well, it is crazy. You think you basically met the four leads of the show. Yeah. Dr. Hendricks, Genera, Willie. Henderson, thank you. And Shan, you think these are going to be your, like, he's a scientist. Yeah. She's the love interest. And then you got the two heroes. She just, she's literally just like, not interested. Have fun on your adventures. Hold on to my medallions, though. You're going to need those to keep this TV show going. Yeah. And it, I am not involved in it. And so the team becomes, it's just so weird. Because again, you, you said it. She's the only real uh, connection to this piece. And not only that, they just spent 10 minutes with them in a natural yeah, setting, sauna, setting, setting up, up the, this love interest, and then going, no, no, she's not involved She's anymore. not involved. Well, it's funny, too, is Willie just disappears here, too. Like, it just appears like Shan's going off on his own, because the, the final bit of this is you just see Shan, like, walking down the highway, hitchhiking. He's a, he's a real American Willie, man. Willie's walking. Oh, sorry, Willie. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Shan has disappeared. Willie's doing this walk. And as the camera pulls down the highway, you see, uh, you see the Jeep rolling up and... Shan rolls over and looks at his window. He's like, "You don't even, There's no words. They just like make eye contact and they're like, "Here we go. Let's start this adventure. Two best buds on the road." Yeah, and that's the show. And then you have, and then it ends on this. Just the the camera just keeps. It's clearly on a car and it's driving away, and you just keep stays on that shot as the credits. I mean, go. it's kind of a nice shot to yeah. end something because it is traveling away from them. And I I did like that. Willie pulls up and you. They, there's never like a let's join forces. You they never have a line of dialogue. They kind of just like meet eyes. Yeah, and they, they, they. I think they want to keep that. There's some sort of um, tension between the two that will always be there. Yeah, I don't know. It was it, that I was actually like I'm like that's a, l- a little artistic anyway for a movie that wasn't always that. Like it was a nice like little coda to the movie. I felt like or to set up a TV show that obviously never happened. Um, but yeah, that wraps it up. I mean, before we get into rating it, Jordan, I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. So if this had gone to series. Like, what's an episode of the show? Well, I thought about that because you would think it would just be every episode. They hear about where a medallion could be. They go find the medallion and either keep it or lose it to Stryker and his team or whoever the, the mysterious right, right. guy's team is. Um, but then I was like, but there's only seven pieces. Yeah, there's no, that was the thing. I was like, there's not a lot of pieces to this medallion. We already know where three of them are. So there's really only six missing pieces. So that means there's a lot of episodes where they don't find anything. And one thing I was kind of surprised by is I fully expected to encounter aliens by the end of this episode. I thought aliens were going to, we we're going to see some, they were going to interact with some. I agree. And we didn't even get like an alien corpse. And the way they've set it up is like aliens were here more than 50,000 years ago. There's no even indication they're still among us or that, like it's just like their influence has affected our future. And what you're going to look into is ancient history and how it's affected. So it's it's not even like there's a promise of aliens later. Well, that's the thing. There, there was a I don't know if it was a budgetary decision, but there seemed to be a real desire to keep this as realistic as possible. And there's there's something maybe admirable about that I, and, I, and, and like not focusing on special effects, not focusing on. Uh, well, I these think weird a, elements. Yeah, I think it's a creative decision. I think they didn't yeah. want it to be that kind of show. But the problem, I at least in this, is that... How long is that series going to go? How long is it going to go? And also, 
it really has the tendency to drag when there's no reveals at all and there's no there's nothing really there's very few action scenes there's very few adventurous scenes like if this is not indiana jones like this is characters walking looking thinking about things i mean i think that's i guess it, every episode would have been like probably fighting striker goons or maybe you know there's probably an episode where like they've run into an evil garbage man and like they fight his garbage goons or something like, you know there's gonna be like but because they need to get through this to go to that like there's yeah. i think there's a lot of fighting goons but like because it is so dramatic and so like loosely saying history based like it, it wants to be kind of like a very smart show i think that's kind of what it's trying to be like what about these crazy alternative histories but from like a not an action way i don't know like it was it was tough to imagine what on earth a series episode of the show yeah i thought the same and what's funny about that is as i mentioned in the beginning this is all set up now that may not be a fair criticism because i think you're right there's a different time in tv but to watch an hour and a half and we we spoke on the weekend and i was i was saying i was watching this in half hour installments in between things and when we spoke i think i had first I had a half hour left and then I had 10 minutes left and I remember at an hour I was like guys like it's been an hour this hour and a half you're still setting like they hadn't even gone on the adventure at this point like they hadn't gone anywhere and then at an hour 20 I think they finally got I think they had just opened the cave at an hour 20 I was like you guys are gonna jam after an hour almost an hour 40 minutes all of the action into the last five minutes because there's five more minutes at the end where you're talking about how the cave collapsed. It's like, that's kind of nuts. It's funny. The pacing didn't bother me that much. Like, I think as much as it did you. Like, I don't know. It wasn't so much the pacing. I don't mind a even like a ponderous pacing. It's that there was so much, so much of a decision of just waiting for, for nothing. There was no payoff for any of this setup. Right, right. You know, We never got to see an alien. Yeah. Like it was kind of, they had a little fight at the end and it was over. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. Maybe that's maybe the biggest, just like hard to imagine how this show would be exciting is, is if the big payoff of week is like, maybe we found part of a historical puzzle and only a little bit of it because we can't give you all six pieces very yeah. quickly. I assume there maybe could have been a thing where, uh, what, what were those movies that uh, Nicolas Cage made a couple? Were they National Treasures? Is that what they were called? Yeah, 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 National Treasure. Yeah, maybe it's like that. Maybe they just <laughs> they end up finding other treasures along the way. Right. I mean, who you knows? Know? Maybe if it had gone, they would have had to go that way. Imagine what a different career Kurt Russell would have had if the show had mm. gone to series. Yeah. He would never have been in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> They'd be too busy rebooting this. And weirdly in that, they made him young. Like you mentioned, what's his face? Oh, that's right. He has yeah. a big, he has an old smooth face. Yeah. All right, Jordan. What do you want to rate? Search for the gods. Okay, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I need you to go first because I still don't know what I'm going to rate this thing. <laughs> I, was, I, I have I have two very different ratings, and I, I was talking to Laura before, and I'm like, do I rate this as a pilot or do I rate this as a TV movie? Because I think those are two very different. I know they're both, but they're two very different ratings. Right, right. I mean, I'm just going to rate it as what it kind of is and okay. what it was like for me to watch it. And you know what? There are elements of it I enjoyed. There are elements of it that are very stupid. Elements that have are really dated. Things that, you know, are silly and don't work. It's fun to watch Kurt Russell and Steve mm-hmm. McCaddy. You know, they're both great actors. And they're of these sort of duos we've seen, they're so far and above more charismatic and watchable than almost everyone we've seen. Uh, in yeah, shows. absolutely. And I think as a curio, there's some value to it. Like there's something curious with these characters in this time period. And like even the, the premise of the show is from a very specific time and place. Mm-hmm when this was dealt with so earnestly, but still overall, I think I have to, I'm just going to give it a five. I don't, I just don't think I would recommend it to anyone. Like unless they wanted to see a younger Russell or they wanted to like, we're kind of interested in like a time where this alien junk was interesting, but I, 
I don't know. It's a five. I think I'm gonna give it a five. It's hard to rate. You're right. Here, here is what my two scores were gonna be. As a pilot, I was gonna give it a four to ten, and as a TV movie, I was gonna give it a six out of ten. So why don't I go right down the middle and also give it a five? Great. Yeah. So this, I, but I think you're right. I think this is just solid, right down the middle. Of, I didn't hate of, it. I agree with you. I didn't hate it either, and I, but I wanted to like it so much more than it was, and maybe it's unfair of criticizing. Going, this wasn't fun enough. Or this didn't have enough adventures because. As I've said, I don't think that's the show they wanted to make. They wanted to make this very realistic, almost educational, like watching people research stuff in books and they go and look at things kind of show. I just don't know how great that is for a television I think, show. I think it really is the case where like you might enjoy it, but you have to be within a very su- specific subsection of people that's checking a few boxes for you. Because I, I, we talked about having a guest on for this one. I was like, a guest might have really enjoyed watching this or they could have hated watching this it could have gone literally either way depending from person to person yeah all right jordan well that was fun it was fun to talk about this yeah it was was. very very strange little it really was yeah so i guess that'll wrap up the episode in the meantime you can email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com if you have any insights on the aliens who helped our ancestors build our society and of course, on Twitter and Instagram, you'll find some clips from the show. There's some, there's some probably weird stuff of young, these young mm-hmm. actors. I'm trying to think of what the most exciting bits to put on uh, video clips are, but nothing's coming to mind. I've got, I've got head. a few. Oh, there's, there's a dummy inter- when they're climbing. There's a down. dummy. There's an anticlimactic explosion. There's an anticlimactic skeleton shown. There's an anticlimactic shadow man uh, shadow man there's yeah there's a few things so there's a, there's a few things to look at um but listener thanks thanks for joining us and um next week we're going to come back we're going to get into a new series i don't remember the name of it space rangers sure space rangers why not it's either that or astro rangers but probably space rangers it's it's an old show it's, a, it's not even that old it's like 92 I think. that's pretty old I mean, not compared to this. Yeah, it's true. Not compared to ancient alien artifacts, Jordan. Yeah, it's not 50,000 BC or whatever they said. (laughs) Well, Jordan, it's been good. See you next week. See you then. Can you imagine if someone actually emails us about aliens (laughs) inventing stuff? (laughs) Delete. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard.